What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here with you, as always, to get you ready for the Chiefs and the Bills, a big, massive, monumental game for both teams coming up this Sunday. Uh, joining me uh, is our good pal, Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I got some good things going on. I got some bad things. I got a parking ticket. I got one of these. You know, so I live, yeah. on, the far, I live on the far southwest side, and... You know, down here, it's not like up on the north side of Chicago where you, we used to live by Wrigley Field. I mean, you yeah. you get out of your car for a second, they're writing you a ticket. Um, down here, there's just there's this one little street on 103rd, and there's it's like one block of businesses. There's like a CVS, a consignment store, an Italian deli, and there's one of those pay boxes there. And nobody ever, ever, there's there's no other parking like meters around within blocks. And I've never paid the box. I, you know, after I moved in the first couple of times and I realized like, there's nobody, like no one's, there's nowhere else to go. It's one street. Right. You know, they're going to be up on Western walking up and down there. No, I got out. Um, my wife wasn't feeling well. And I ran to the store to get her some stuff and get some food. They got me. They finally right. got me. I've been living down here for two years. They were probably waiting. Where did they come from? Where did they come sting from? operation. Yeah. They probably been, they probably been waiting, staking me out for, for, for weeks here. So, when I was in college, the way our, our campus was set up was we had this like 10 floor building on a dog hall, which is where I lived for most of my collegiate career. And they had like, I don't know, man, maybe like 25 spots like right in front of the building, yeah. but it was 45 minute parking. And then there was this big like quad air, like a field essentially, like basically the size of a football field. And then there was another road, and on the other side of that road was was main parking, where if you had the permit that we all had for that building, like you could park over there and you were fine, but you, you, know, you paid whatever it was, like 70 bucks a beginning of semester. Well, where I went to school, it was really, really damn cold. And so sometimes in the winter, man, you'd, get, you'd be like, man, I'm bringing in groceries. I don't want to walk across that damn field with four feet of snow in it. Yeah. Like, not looking to do that. So you'd park in front of the building, that 45-minute parking, you bring your groceries up, come back down, then you do what you had to do. So one time I parked out there and I just forgot. Like I accidentally just like left my car there for a couple hours. And by the time I realized I went down, I had a parking ticket. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave the car there <laughs> with the ticket underneath the windshield. Yeah. And I got free parking for the rest of the semester. And this worked for like two solid months. Right. <laughs> and it was like a running joke with all my buddies. It was great. Like they would always be like, let me take your car. Cause like, like you knew like you could park in front. And one time I went out there. And a campus police officer was writing me another ticket. And like, he looked at me and I looked at him and nobody said anything. We just like, yeah, all right, you got me. <laughs> so he <laughs> looked like, at the ticket? And it, yeah, oh, yeah, I got it. But the funny thing was, it was college. It was like 20 bucks. And I yeah. was like, man, for two months of being able to park right in front of the building, it was worth the 20 bucks. Yeah. I, I did was, the you know, same thing. I did the same thing. They got I, me. Once I got a ticket on campus. I kept it in my car because the one thing that they do, they don't generally do on college campuses that they will do in the city, Chicago, they'll load you up just ticket after ticket after ticket. If you had a ticket, they, they think they already got you. They wouldn't write you another yep. ticket. Yep. So my, my friend and, and I, I was in the theater. And so when I would drive from my dorm to the theater, I'd want to park there. But the theater parking lot when there wasn't a show was for the, the girl's dorm that was right there. And my friends would always laugh at me because I would get out of my car and they'd be like, there he is. There's Patrick putting his ticket on his windshield, <laughs> and I would do it. And it, it, I never got caught. I, I did it for years. I parked anywhere I wanted from the same park. So it was, it was well worth the twenty bucks. I'll tell you that. I find yeah, I got caught, but but it was like months later. So I was like, ah, that's fine, you know. And then I, I remember I contested a ticket once because I argued that they didn't plow the roads well and I couldn't see where the parking lines were because I parked somewhere completely illegally. And they actually like the guy was like, you know what? That's probably BS. But like. The fact you came up with that entire thing to avoid paying $20, like, fine. Yeah. And they just wiped out the ticket. So, yeah, man, 
Been there, by the way. I see uh, Joseph. How's the old man, Bruno? The old man is okay. He's had like a cough. He's been fighting for about six weeks, but uh, he otherwise he's watching the show. I'm sure right now uh, he's fine. He's nervous about the Chiefs game, so that's that's where he is. Yeah, and we got to get to all of that. This is a Chiefs podcast, after all. Um, yeah. So there's some news to get to. We're going to talk Chiefs Bills. Um, first, I just wanted to kick it off with uh, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, and Creed Humphrey are leading the Pro Bowl voting. Um, for their respective positions, which is which is great, very good for Creed Humphrey, um, and I think it makes sense. Is there anybody that, in your opinion that is getting snubbed here for the Chiefs? So who are the guys? Humphrey, Kelsey, and who else? And Jones uh, the corners, yeah, the starters, yeah. Certainly not the receivers. You Tooney, Tooney would be another one. Yeah, but yeah, the corners are like God. If the corners both don't make the Pro Bowl. There should be an investigation. No, the investigation should have started twenty years ago into the Pro Bowl, but like. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, if they don't forget, first of all, they should be all pros, the two of them. If they don't make the Pro Bowl, yeah. that's that's a crime. But you know what? I hate to say it. The Pro Bowl is so based off names. Yeah. Like, Sertan and Gardner are going to be the two guys who start in the Pro Bowl because they just have names. Yeah. I mean, neither one of which has played better than the Chiefs corners this year, but they're, they're going to be named it because they're Sauce Gardner and Patrick Sertan. And they're great, but like, they've not played better than Cena McDuffie this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm with you. Those are the two big snubs and you see it in the in the chat. Now, I don't know where those guys are in the voting. Uh, the article I read on arrowheadaddict.com was just that these are the guys leading in their position. So um, it's just weird not to see Patrick Mahomes on there, you know, uh, but yeah, it is. he hasn't been the best quarterback in the AFC this year. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would statistically, I mean, it, yeah, you'd have to, but at the same point, like, do I think he's the best quarterback in football? Yeah, I do. I do. So, like, I don't know. I mean, like, he's going to be a pro bowler. Like, whether or not he gets the votes from the fans, like, he's going to be a pro bowler. He's Patrick Mahomes, and he should be. He should be a pro bowler. But, you know, has he, like, CJ Stroud's put up crazy numbers. Um, his numbers, actually, if you, you know, factor in picks, he's probably better than Allen. Burroughs, Hurt, Herbert, like, I'm sorry with Herbert. Like, you can't, I, I don't want to hear it. You're five and seven. Like, I, it is what it is. I think like Mahomes is going to end up being a Pro Bowl. He may not get the votes or whatever, but he's going to be a Pro Bowl. On the injury front, uh, Drew Tranquil is is still in the concussion protocol. Um, did not practice yesterday. Nick Bolton is on track to play. That's good news for the Chiefs, given the Drew Tranquil injury. Yep. How how bad do you think it was the Chiefs losing that Packers game when Drew Tranquil went out? How much? How big of a factor do you think that was in them losing that game? I mean, it mattered. You know, I that happened right in front of me. I was actually at that game as a fan. I have a friend of mine who also listens to the pod, by the way, who works for the Brewers, and he was nice enough. He had a suite, and he offered me a, a ticket to go to the game, and we were uh, in a suite right next to Taylor Swift, which was interesting. Hmm. But, uh, oh, huge, huge. I mean, I think, you know, look, that guy, he's leading the team in tackles. And I will say, I thought Jack Cochran actually played well. I thought he came in and did a nice job. But, yeah, he's not too tranquil, and – you know, the other thing that it really does that people don't think about is when, when Tranquil goes out there, you lose the ability to really change plays at the line of scrimmage quickly. Yeah. Cochran's not going to do that. So you're kind of in what you're in and you can't adjust. It's a, you know, it was a big blow. But I think it also has to be said the Packers played really well that night. And the Chiefs just didn't play well defensively. They didn't. Now, all that being said, the Chiefs gave them the ball, the defense gave the, the offense a ball back at 21 19 and 24 19. I mean, the Chiefs had two shots right there, go in the game, couldn't do it. So, you know, at some point, while the defense did probably played its worst game of the year, they did stiffen when they absolutely had to as the game went on, and the offense just could not do anything. They couldn't make it happen. Yeah, it was a frustrating loss for sure. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, but more on the injury front, Donovan Smith is a did not practice. Uh, he's got this neck injury. He was going in and out of the game. Yep. Um, Wanye Morris stepped in for him. I tried to watch him as much as I could, but it was difficult to track because he was Smith was coming in and out. So Morris was in. I was watching him. And did you get a look at at Wanya Morris at all in that game? And how concerned are you going into a game against the Bills, knowing that Wanya Morris may need to make his first start left tackle, and and the Bills are going to know that he's going to need to make his start for first start at left tackle? I got to tell you, I thought he played great. I mean, I went back and watched the tape. He. Even the sack, he only gave up a sack. The sack really, I think Mahomes would even tell you, was kind of more on Mahomes. Like, not necessarily that he did anything wrong, but he he scrambled out right and he kind of he went backwards a little bit. And that's why that sack happened. It was Van Ness was able to just kind of run the arc. And it and normally Morris was at the right depth and Van Ness just 
was able to go around them because Mahomes was a little bit deeper and more expected him to be. But Donovan Smith this year has kind of been a mixed bag. He's not been bad, but he also takes a lot of penalties, which has been his bugaboo his entire career. Yeah. And when you factor it in with Juwan Taylor, who never stops taking penalties, you have two tackles who are, I mean, it's just a flag machine at the two of them. And I mean, there's not a team in the league that's taking more penalties on the offensive line. They they have the most. So I don't want to say, like, look, I'm not, I mean, I'm not happy Donovan Smith is injured, of course, but like, is it maybe something that's a little bit of a, of almost like a good wrinkle for the Chiefs in this game that Morris is going to start? Like, maybe you don't have a couple of holy penalties. Now, look, maybe it's the other way. I mean, Morris just gets smoked in this game and we're sitting here going, oh my God. But I thought he played really, really well. Like, well enough that I'm not concerned that he's starting in this game, which is yeah. a pretty high compliment considering he's a third-round rookie. And it's going to be a pressure test for him. If he goes out there and does really, really well, do you keep him in at left yeah, tackle? I would. And it's funny. So Twitter, I do this. I have uh, these super followers, which some of them are in here, so nice to see you guys, um, where I, I do kind of like my – I don't know, I do like a Friday AMA and, and a few other like get togethers every week. And the reason I'm bringing it up is one of them asked me a couple of weeks ago, like, hey, would you would you keep Wanya Morris in there after that Raiders game? Do you think they'll do that? And I was like, no, it's all right, a crazy idea. But no, like, I don't think it's going to happen unless Donovan Smith gets hurt. Well, then Donovan Smith immediately gets hurt and he comes in and played really well. And now I'm kind of like, if he goes out and plays really well in this game, maybe it's possible. It's not crazy, <laughs> uh, especially when you factor in the Smiths on a one-year deal. Yeah, and I remember... In the summer, I asked you, we did a couple of shows where we made predictions for the year. And one of the questions I asked you was, do you think Wanya Morris will be a starting tackle uh, for, for Donovan Smith by the end of the year? And you said no. And I think that was the right answer um, because the the framing with which I was asking that was Donovan Smith had struggled really badly the year before in Tampa Bay. He had been injured and there were the penalties. Well, he's his his pass blocking, I think, has been pretty good this year. No real major complaints from me, but the penalties have been an issue. Not as bad as Juwan Taylor. There's not any situation where you would swing him over to the right side if if the penalties keep becoming an issue, would you? No, no. Um, but Juwan Taylor this year has been like problematic at this point. I mean, it's he's not a bad right tackle. Like he can block. That's not the problem. But the the, pro- the penalties are just insane. And I and I know earlier in the year. A lot of people have been like, well, you know, the NFL's picking on him. You know what? He was still lined up illegally. I mean, stopped doing it. Not to his credit, he has stopped doing it, but now he's taking holding penalties. Yeah. So it's been an issue. It's been a big issue. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You know, and, and, and the other part of this game is like if Pacheco doesn't play this week, which if he doesn't play this week is a problem, to say the least. Who the hell is blocking? Because yeah. CH isn't doing it, I'll tell you that much. And you're gonna put Piron back there? Like I know. So McKinnon's gonna be playing and he's gonna have to play a lot. Now that's fine. McKinnon's a good player, but like you, I mean, he better not if, if McKinnon gets hurt, they got a problem. They got real problems. I don't know who would be back there to pick up blitzes. And if I'm the Bills, anytime CH is back there in a pass down, I'm blitzing. Anytime. Block him. Go ahead, try. I mean, it's been a disaster in his career when he's at the block. So, you know, I've read I've tried, I've tried to work and, and find out like what's going on with Pacheco. Silence. So, got to have him. And if they don't have him, then they need a huge day out of McKinnon. Not even so much statistically, but like they need him to be out there. They need him to block. They need him to, you know, just do enough in the run game to keep the Bills honest. He doesn't do that. They got huge issues. Yeah. And the other thing that could be facing Pacheco at some point is a possible suspension. Uh, we had an article about this on Arrowhead Addict. The NFL is not consistent. When guys throw punches, sometimes they don't even get thrown out of the game. Sometimes they get suspended for a game. Sometimes they get suspended for two games. So you want to check that article out. I believe our guy, Matt Connor, wrote it. He kind of goes through the history of some of the recent issues that guys have had where, you know, a guy hit somebody, got a game, two games. So the Chiefs have to worry about that. What did you make of that penalty? Pacheco is obviously a fiery competitor, but it's such a crucial part of the game, knowing you can't throw a punch. Um, I mean, how bad was that? for him to to put his team in that position at that point in the game. 
Really bad. It was really bad. And I'm a huge Isaiah Pacheco fan. It was really bad. It was dumb. I'm sure he would tell you that. It was dumb. You can't do it. You can't cost yourself 15 yards in a huge spot in a football game because you decide to throw a punch. In the end, it's selfish. And I know he was getting, you know, hit a little bit there. I don't care. You can't do it. You're wearing all those pads and a helmet, man. You're all right. Like, you don't need to do that. There's no reason to do that. You know, it, it's just a, it's a dumb penalty. So I I don't think he'll get suspended. I, I don't. I think he'll probably get fined. I don't think he'll be suspended. But you're right. You never know. The NFL is inconsistent. But right now, this offense, if you're, if you're the Chiefs, in terms of weapons, you got three guys. And if you lose him, like, he's probably your number two guy. I mean, that that is an enormous problem if he's not out there on Sunday. And the Chiefs are not good enough on offense right now. They can't overcome stupid stuff like the penalties that they've been getting that are killing drives for them and 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 things like not having Isaiah Pacheco because not because he's injured, but because he lost his cool. They're just they're not that team. You know, I remember when the Chiefs had Tyree Kill and and they were pushing the ball downfield more. It was so nice because during the Alex Smith years, it was like, oh, you got into a, a third and seven or something. You might as well just punt. Like you weren't picking up the right. first down. Then you get Mahomes and it's like, oh yeah, it's third and 15. And you're like, well, there's like a 30, 40% chance we're going to pick up the first down. Uh, that's not the case anymore. Um, you know, if even if even if he does something superhuman and gets the ball to them, it's going to bounce off their face masks. So the Chiefs just and cannot. Third and four for this team feels like third and 40. Yeah. I mean, they just can't really execute. Good. Which, by the way, the amazing thing with them, they're like fourth in the league on third down. You would never think it, like they're fourth in the league. They're, they're above average in the red zone. They're eighth in yards. I think they're 11 in points. Like, statistically speaking, they're an upper-tier offense, and yet it feels like they are the, the Tyler Palco offense. This team. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very – and it's mostly because of turnovers and drops and penalties. I mean, they, which they've just consistently beat themselves with all year long. If you guys are interested, uh, we've got a great membership here at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Check out the link in the description wherever you get this podcast. Uh, it's a great way to get involved with the Chiefs community. We've got a happy hour coming up with our members on the on the 21st with the hosts. And actually, next week's show is going to be a member show where we're going to take questions from our members on video. And they're going to get to ask and fire away questions at us. And we're going to pop them up on the screen. Uh, all kinds of cool benefits like that. And we'll hang out in the Discord tonight, private Discord, watching Thursday Night Football, uh, all wanting to drink bleach. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think of that one, by the way? Check out the link in the description if you want to support the show. What do you think of that one? The over-under for this game is like 30 points, which I think I saw was like, like historically low in recent times for an NFL game, this uh, Steelers-Patriots game tonight. I think that anybody watches it, who watches this game needs to seek attention, like medical, severe medical attention. I watch every football game there is, sometimes because I'm paid to do it, some, mostly because I just love to watch them. Yeah. I will not watch this football game. <laughs> Can't do. I mean, what is there to learn from this? Trubisky stinks, and so do the Patriots. Like, I, what am I going to learn from this? Did, that, that New England can't score ten points, uh, and if and if Pittsburgh somehow loses this game, they're, they're just, stop. It's just enough with them. I. I I don't need to see Pittsburgh for the rest of my life if they lose to this team after losing to the Cardinals four days ago at home. So I think I don't even know what the number is. Whatever it is, take the under. <laughs> unless the unless the number yeah. is three, take the under. Yeah, I watched uh, the majority of. Uh, now I, I had a multi view going, so I wasn't just watching this. I'm not that deranged, but I watched the majority of Patriots Chargers over the weekend. That six to nothing uh, game. That's what this this game's hoping to live up to. Can we? Can we do better than the six to nothing Chargers Patriots game? Absolute atrocity. I feel like I need one of those, you know, like have you ever been like in a science lab, they have those eyewash stations. That's what I feel like I'm going to need if I watch even five minutes of this football game. And I will because I'm a sicko. It's a terrible game. I will watch just about anything else. I might try to do something more enjoyable like drink paint. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I, anything, anything's better than this. Um, back to the Chiefs. Okay. So bad loss of Packers. That's team, they're playing better. It's the game the Chiefs should have won. Is there still time at this point? Chiefs fans starting to panic a little bit, uh, even though they're eight and four. Is there still time for the Chiefs to find their identity this season? I think they found it, which is they're really good defensively. They are an atrocity on the outside. They turn the ball over a lot, but they have a great quarterback, and they're they're able to beat anybody in any given game, but they're also able to lose games in the past never would have lost. 
I mean, look, I think their identity, in, you know, in a perfect world is you have this great defense and you play your, your offense with short passes and running the ball and, and moving it that way. But none of that matters when you take a holding penalty and it's second and 20 and now you can't play that way. And Mahomes makes some godlike throw to MVS, but MVS doesn't know what route he's running. Or Sky Moore has no idea where he's supposed to be. Like, I firmly believe, firmly believe, they should nail Sky Moore and MVS to the bench and just be done with this. I mean, I don't know how much more evidence you need that these guys just are not getting the job done this year. I don't know what else you need to see. Apparently, we need to see more. I would play Rice and Tony and, and some more Gray and you know some Watson, and that's it. I'm not telling you it's great. Not saying it's a perfect answer, but to me, it's a hell of a lot better than watching Sky Moore do some cardio for three hours. I just, yeah. but I think their identity has to be that. But right now, their identity, right now, their identity is just making a bunch of mistakes and having to constantly try to overcome it because that's what it's been for 13 weeks. We actually got a great question from Nathan in the in the chat, and I want to do this. So he says, "Fun question: Would you rather have these wide receivers?" Or the no touchdown catch Chiefs from 2015. So I, I pulled I pulled up the roster just in case you don't remember. You've blocked it out of your mind permanently. The Chiefs wide receivers in 2015 when they did not have a single touchdown catch by a wide receiver were Jason Avant, Chris Conley, Frankie Hammond Jr., your favorite, Jeremy Macklin, or what was left of him, and Albert Wilson. Oh, my God. And, of course, they had Demetrius Harris, Travis Kelsey, and Brian Parker. Well, Macklin was still good because Macklin the next year had over a thousand yards. Oh my god, I that god that's brutal. Um, didn't have Bo that year? Not at the final roster I'm looking at. Okay, but maybe that I, I feel like it, they did. But I'm on Wikipedia because that year was what the 2015 team. Yeah, you know it says it, it cut 2015 team Cleveland Browns. Okay, <clears throat> fair enough. Um. That's that is both horrifying and a really good question. They also got Donnie awesome. Avery, by the way, who did not find another team. So all right. So actually, so no, it was the 2014 team. Oh, okay, got the date wrong. That's okay. why. So I was going to say, I'm like, I, I thought Bo was on that team that didn't catch the. Okay, so here are the receivers from that team. Oh my God, AJ Jenkins, Dwayne <laughs> Bo, Albert Wilson, Donnie Avery, Jason Avant, Junior Hemingway, Frankie Hammond Jr. Uh, I will take the current team. Yeah. I mean, because to me, like, Rice is better at this point than Bo was at that because he was just about finished. Bo would have been fun with Mahomes, by the way. Yeah. Like, Bo would have been awesome. But in any event, yeah, I mean, and after that, like, what is there? I mean, what are you, what are you hanging your hat on? Like, I, as much as this group's not good, like, I don't know, man, like, Tony can, like, run in stuff. <laughs> well, Rasheed Rice is a higher ceiling than anybody in that group. Right, so yeah. I think you take that. But oh my god, that team! That team was brutal, and and that team somehow beat both the Pats and the Seahawks that year. Yeah, I, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Anthony Fasano, some other some other favorites from that team. Our guy Donald Stevenson. Oh my god, he <laughs> Donald Stevenson. Holy crap! Yeah, remember the linebacker group: Frank Zombo, Joe Mays, Josh Maga. It was uh, it was rough. It was rough. Some decent defensive players on that brutal. team. But yeah. Brutal. All right, let's let's keep it moving here. Uh, but that was a fun exercise, even though you got the year wrong and made me talk about the wrong year for five minutes. Um, so how much of the struggles that the Chiefs are having right now do you put on Mahomes? Because there was the, the great debate about his interception. Everybody was saying it's Sky Moore's fault. My contention was Mahomes never should have thrown that ball if he glanced at the at the defensive back for a second, he would have known there was no chance of that play working out. I have three problems in that play. Like number one, why is that even called? What like why? Yep. Sky Moore on a fade route. What are we doing? Like what is the point of that play? As much as MVS has been a disaster this year, my God, if you're gonna run a fade route, throw it to him. He's six five. Like throw him the ball. That's number one. Number two, the throw was too far out in front. It wasn't a good throw. But three, like. Can you run for the ball? I mean, I, I get have right in front of where I was sitting. I mean, come on, man. Like, you're not even running. In real time watching that, I was like, what is he doing? Why is he not running? It was just such a it was such a weird, bizarre, you're like, is he does he know what route he's supposed to run? I thought Mahomes was gonna absolutely go catatonic on the field after that pick. Like I really like there was a brief second with his body language. I was like, this is it. This is it. 
He's <laughs> going to snap and throw his helmet right to somebody's chest on the sideline. Like this is this is how this ends. But then he's he's Mahomes, so he like composed himself. And but yeah, look, it's a bad throw. It, it can't happen. At the same point, if Moore actually runs to try to catch the ball, I think it's just an incomplete pass instead of like the easiest pick in the world. And I'll tell you what, though, Moore gets all the crap and, and fine. Like God knows he deserves it the way he's played this year. The more egregious one was the MBS one in the third quarter where they misconnect on a deep ball. MBS is wide open for a touchdown if he just flattens his route. He's run a million of these routes in his career runs a, and runs a post right into the safety. Like just That is the most baffling part of this team this year. It's like they all forgot how to run routes. I, yeah. I don't I mean, MBS, say whatever you want about him. He's always been a good deep ball receiver. That's always been his thing. He can't even run routes anymore. He's twirling around. He's like falling over. I, like what? What is going on? How do you don't know how to run a route now? Like you've played in this offense for a while. It's not like you got here yesterday. It is just. It is an utter train wreck watching that team try to run routes, get open, catch a pass. I mean, it's, it's even the play where he got interfered with the guy was on his back yeah he didn't even try to fight up to the ball like he just seemed like I, honestly, I think that's part of the reason i didn't call it. yeah he was like resigned he's like well there's a guy on top of my my head so and he just like he barely lifted his arms up to try to get the ball i'm like you know you see meanwhile the packers defensive lineman uh, you know you touch them and they're, they're throwing their arms up and what you know like just try try let like let the refs know maybe he thought it was so egregious that he was yeah. just like this, I mean, this guy's on top of me but i mean come on man what i agree that? with you at the same point i will say this like that that was an unbelievable and I, you know I me mean, i hate all the officiating stuff that was like how do you not call that penalty i mean he got tackled at the same juncture they're in the position of needing it because they can't complete a pass I mean, how many times this year has Mahomes had to scramble around and buy time and buy time and buy more time because they just can't? And I, I see somebody even saying here, and I and I get it. Like, well, it's a coaching issue. I hear you, but at the same point, like these are NFL wide receivers. I mean, these guys didn't start running routes on Tuesday. None of them have a clue how to run and sit down in a zone. Like, I, it's you could argue, okay, Rasheed Rice is a rookie. He's the best guy in the team. None of these guys, I mean, MBS is just what, his sixth, seventh year in the league. He has no clue how to run a route. Sky Moore, second year in the offense. You have no idea what you're doing. And this isn't a one off. I mean, this is game after game after game after game after game. I, I, you can blame the, the coach going all you want. It's, it's like saying, well, you know, Juwan Taylor got beat on that sack because he didn't know he was supposed to block that guy. You're a tackle. Your job is to block the guy. Like, your job is to literally put your hands on the guy. Nobody's coaching Patrick Mahomes and telling him, hey, Patrick, listen, on this play, you throw it. I mean, if you're a receiver and you know, hey, I got a deep cross, and you see, hey, they're in a zone, I've got to sit. You don't just keep blowing through it. Like, at some point, you stop. And it's just, it is, it's never ending. And so to me, like, yeah, look, you could say the coaching, sure. I'm not saying it's not part of it. But at some point here, like, you're an NFL receiver, you're MVS, you're getting paid $10 million. Can you can you catch a pass? Can you run a route correctly? It's crazy. I look, I will always appreciate and love MVS for what he did for the Chiefs last year. He helped them win a Super Bowl, particularly his performance in that AFC championship game when everybody else was hurt. He showed up. He's a chief for life for me. You know, it's it's the same way Dan Sorensen helped him win a Super Bowl and then he stunk. You don't want him back, but you know, Dan, Dan's always a chief. But sure. but I, I do think that when they cut him this offseason. He might end up in camp with somebody because he's just got he's, he's 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 still young enough and he's got the experience. I do not think he'll be playing football next year. I, I honestly don't think he'll make a team. He might not. I mean, he's not playing in Kansas City. They that much. Uh, I mean, they'll still cut him to twelve million. I I it is it is almost impossible to see how bad they are at receiver. And genuinely, like not even an ounce of hyperbole. I've I've sat up top for them for four games this year. It is stunning how bad they are in terms of like this can't get open, can't do anything. I mean, cannot do anything. Can't run routes, can't run, can't get themselves open, can't run a scramble drill. When they do get open, they can't catch the ball. I I mean, Mahomes is gonna need three months to decompress after this season. It's unbelievable. But you know, one thing that's coming, we all know it. This offseason, they're going to address this in a massive way because we've seen 
the defense a couple times. Veach has gone out and he's gone scorched earth to fix it. We saw the offensive line the one year. They went scorched earth to fix that. They're going to fix this. The problem is they're not going to fix it till March and April. So it is what it is. They've got to find smoke and mirrors. The crazy thing is they're good enough to win the Super Bowl. They really are. The, the bad news is they're going to have to do it by playing perfect football from Mahomes and the rest is crew offensively. Yeah, I, Rasheed Rice might be the only – I mean, Sky Moore will still be on the team, but it, Rasheed Rice might be the only guy you see getting action next year. In this oh, I, I don't think there's a question. Yeah. I mean, maybe you want to argue – look, to be fair, Justin Watson at his current rate, like if he's like your fourth receiver, that that's actually probably a good thing. That's fine. Yeah. Rice and Watson are the only two guys coming back. I mean, more he might be on the team, like you said, but man, he's he's not playing. And MVS is getting cut. And Tony is another guy. Like he is he making the team? Maybe. I mean, at, at some point though, you probably have to at least bring in two to three more new receivers and guys who are going to be meaningful, not just like filler. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see a lot of this on Twitter, and it kind of drives me nuts. Everyone's everyone's like, this is happening because of Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy stinks. Not happening because of Matt Nagy. And I just what drives me the most nuts about it is that when Eric Bieniemy was here and th- things were going wrong, you know, with the offense, people blamed Eric Bieniemy. And then you got you know, like stories coming out. Oh, Bieniemy doesn't get along with Mahomes. Bieniemy is an asshole. This is the pro- Bieniemy is the problem. And then you get to this year and the Chiefs aren't playing well, and everyone starts blaming Matt Nagy. And I'll point out, hey, listen, Matt Nagy doesn't write. He doesn't call the plays. He he's it's not his playbook. It's Andy's playbook. If you have a problem with that, it's not Matt Nagy. And they're like, yeah, but the Chiefs are missing EB's toughness. They're missing EB's accountability. And I'm like, oh, well, I thought anytime things went wrong, it was EB's fault because he was too much of a hard screw. So make sense of this for me. What's going on here? How much is Matt Nagy to blame more than the whole coaching staff is to blame for the poor performance? I mean, look, I'll be succinct with this. Matt Nagy's not the problem. Okay, I, I know it's easy to just blame people. Like, oh, it's Matt Nagy's not calling the plays. Like, guys, sometimes it really is just as simple. They can't catch. That's it. Like, that's the problem. They lead the league in drops in their top five in turnovers. That's their problem. That's the problem. Like, I, I solved it for you. There you go. That's the problem. It's just such a weird – like, it's almost – I feel like a lot of times people just want to blame somebody – so it's like, well, he's the easiest guy to blame. You're not going to blame Mahomes, and you're not going to blame Andy. So it's like, it's just easy to blame Matt Nagy. It's the same thing everybody was doing with Biennemi. guy's not the problem. And, and Biennemi's got jewelry to prove it. Like, Nagy, he's not the issue. He's not the one who can't catch a pass. You know, I think Brett Veach is a top three gem in the league. He has done a phenomenal job. I think he would tell you they screwed up this receiver position. I mean, I don't think I'm breaking news with that. Like, what is he supposed to do? I mean, what is Matt Nagy supposed to do, honestly? There have been plenty of games, the Lions and the Eagles game in particular, they were wide open in that game. They can't catch. Mahomes threw a hideous pick in the Eagles game. Kelsey fumbles inside the five. None of that's on Matt Nagy. Like, this, guys, this is a player problem. This is a player problem. Their receivers aren't good outside of Rice. They're not good. They're terrible. You could argue if you take Rice out to the worst receivers in the NFL. They are horrendous. They're not only bad, they're actively making the team worse because they can't catch anything. Now, in typical Chiefs fashion, I expect somebody to go out and have 150 yards in this game on Sunday because that just seems to be what they do. This would be the game where MVS has like five catches for a buck 50 and two touchdowns, and everybody just ends up like just like on the on the floor at Arrowhead, just like well, you know what the hell happened. But you know, it's it's just one of those things where all year long it has just been an issue, 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 issue. And I I think like you can blame Matt Nag- Matt Nagy has nothing to do with the fact that they can't catch a pass. That's a receiver's problem. And and the turnovers, that's a, that's a player problem. I mean, do players need to sit there and, hey, hey guys, can you hold on to the ball? Guys, they're in the NFL. It's just in Pop Warner. They're in the NFL. And by the way, they do those drills every single day in practice. They know it. They're just not doing a good job at it. Yeah. Yeah. And Justin asked, you know, well, why'd they catch the ball last year? Well, it's not like Matt Nagy came to town and was like, hey, we're going to try this Drop new way of catching footballs. Um, look, MVS is not the player he was last year. He's declining. Right. Scott Moore's playing a lot more this year. That's yeah. part of the reason he's dropped more balls. Tony, I, I mean, what does he drop? One every every three targets. Right. So, like, and, and he's been essentially nailed to the bench. Okay. They lost Juju, who said whatever you want about him, caught the ball. He didn't drop the ball. Well, you led the team in receiving last year at, the, at wide receiver. Rice, for all of his talent, drops the ball. So, there you go. I mean, there's your reason. That's yeah. why they drop. And MBS is just, MBS went from being like, 
hey, it's a solid piece. They're like, oh, my God, what the hell happened? And yeah. that that has not been a great development for the Chiefs. I've been saying it. It's an execution issue, right? It's it's They're not executing well. Drops, the penalties. When you start combining, when you start combining those things that you mentioned, Matt, penalties, turnovers, drops. It doesn't have to be a drop on every drive, or not every game is a drop game. But like you just, it's just too much bad for the Chiefs to overcome, and that's why yeah. they're in the spot that they're in. That's why they're eight and four, and, and instead of having ten wins right now, um, it's cost some games. Okay, yeah. I mean the only the only benefit to them is the AFC stinks. Yes, and it's actually, a- that's that's my next question for you. Uh, is, is given the injuries to the AFC uh, quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, although he's practicing today. Um, is this the easiest road to the Super Bowl the Chiefs have ever had? And are they actually going to be able to take advantage of it? I think it is um, the easiest road. And if you, you know, I just did another pod where some, you know, we were talking. I, if you told me I had to bet my house, I probably picked them to still get to the Super Bowl. I mean, they've already beaten Miami convincingly, they beat Jacksonville. Convincingly, Baltimore. Listen, I have all the respect in the world for the Ravens. I feel like I've seen this movie with the Ravens. I mean, we do this every year, and without Andrews, I don't think they can throw the ball a whole hell of a lot. I got to tell you, I think uh, I think the biggest threat that they face is the team coming in here Sunday. That's the biggest threat, and if they beat them, they're going to knock them out this weekend because the Bills, in my opinion, have to run the table to make the playoffs because they're going to lose all the all the tiebreakers because of their conference record. If if the if the Bills are going to make the playoffs, they're probably going to win out. And if the Chiefs win this game, they're probably going to be the one seed. I mean, I, I just think that's you look at it. I think that's where they are. Um, as you prime time says, so the Ravens will run for a buck fifty on the run defense. Yeah, and they're going to throw for about eighty yards against Kansas City because nobody can throw the ball against them. And outside of Zay Flowers, good luck to uh, good luck to the Ravens throwing the ball. Uh, also, the Ravens in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson have been an absolute tire fire day in and day out. So, um. Yeah, I mean, right now, like they're the betting favorites to go to the Super Bowl in AFC. I mean, I think they have to be. And and the, the crazy thing with them is like on any given day, I wouldn't be shocked if they blew out anybody in football. Anybody, AFC or NFC. But then they have these games where you're just like, what is going on? And that's the thing with them. It's so hard to figure out what you're getting from them. And yeah, that that's been something that we haven't seen with them in recent years. You usually know what you're getting. All right, well, let's preview this game. Chiefs versus Bills at Arrowhead. Line for this one is Chiefs minus one and a half. So slim favorites at home, but because they're at home and the home team usually gets three, Vegas thinks this this one's going to be really tight. Over-under is 48 and a half. Uh, You already said this is a must-win game for the Bills uh, because they're six and six, and if they lose this game, you know, they're the, they're the, the, the Bills are the 11 seed right now. Um, which is insane. Um, they're on the outside looking in. If they lose this one, it's 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 over. It's curtains. Is this a must-win game for the Chiefs? No. No, it's not. But it's a must-win game for Buffalo. Um, but I think that it is a game of great importance to the Chiefs um, for themselves, for their own confidence, for their own mental fortitude. They could lose this game. They might still even be the one seed if they lose this game. They went out. I mean, Baltimore's schedule is really tough. So is Miami. Jacksonville. Who knows what's going on with Lawrence? Like, the Chiefs, look, they're going to win the division. The Chiefs might literally be the one seed if they lose this game, but it would be harder, obviously. Um, I think this game is more important for the Bills by a wide margin because of the fact that they're six and six. And they're, they're, I mean, they're facing the threat of elimination here. But for the Chiefs, mentally, I think this is a very important game. And I think it's a game where it's going to be sloppy on both sides, in my opinion, because I think there is a desperation to this game. There's almost a panic to this game. And I think it's I think it's a game where it's not going to come down to who makes the best play. It's going to it's going to come down to who makes the worst one. I mean, these two teams have been turnover factories, both of them. Which team just makes a crushing mistake? Whichever team that is, they're probably losing. You know, the Chiefs, this is kind of wild. Since November, uh, well, really October 29th, they're two and three. I did not expect them to have a stretch like that. They haven't won back-to-back games since since October. Um, 
Do you think there's a high possibility that they could lose back-to-back games now and, and lose this game to a desperate Bills team? Bills are going to come throw everything at them. Well, I think there's a possibility they lose. There's a possibility they get blown out. I mean, it, look, I, I tweeted this a couple of days ago. Anything is on the table in this game for me. Anything. I, you know, and it's weird. Like, I've seen a lot of Chiefs fans say, oh, I don't know, I don't think we can beat the Bills in this game. I, I don't get it. Like, the Bills have played the second easiest schedule in football to this point. They're about to play the hardest last five games of anybody. They're six and six. I mean, it's not like the Bills have come out and been gangbusters. And I swear to God, if one more person talks to me about EPA or, well, you know, the expected this and the expected, that's great. They're six and six because they also can't stop doing dumb stuff. Okay. And they've played an easier schedule in Kansas City and the two games worse than them. Like this idea that the Bills somehow have just been wronged by the football gods. This is who the Bills have been. Okay. They are who they are, and so are the Chiefs. And that's why I think this game, I have no idea what version of the Bills you're getting. I have no idea what version of the Chiefs you're getting. I think either, if you said to me either one of them wins by 20-plus points, I'd believe it. And if you said to me that it's a one-score game to the end, sure, absolutely. And to be honest, I think it's going to be a one-score game. I do. I think it's going to be a close game. But you you never know with these teams. You never know. What three Chiefs receivers – do you think should play the majority of the snaps in this game? I'm sorry. I'm talking to my daughter who's setting up like a yoga studio next to me. What was that? <laughs> what three chiefs receivers do you think should play the majority of the snaps in this game? Oh, oh God. Um, well, Rasheed Rice, yeah. Rasheed Rice. An easy one. And then after that, <clears throat> do they have to play him? <laughs> Do they have to play anybody else? I mean, I, I I would say Watson because Mahomes trusts him. I would say Tony. I really would because you know what? I get it. You never know what's going to happen with him. He's also liable to just go off in a game. I mean, he he's he's capable of it. He just is. So I would I would say those guys, and I and I would I would hold my my eyes as closely shut as I possibly could and cover them and pray. But like. Those three would be the guys. And I see some people saying Richie James. I got no problem with that. Yeah. I got no problem with that. I could see that. I think the only way to get Richie James some snaps might be to dress him in a Sky Moore jersey, and then Andy will put him out there for 40 snaps because he'll be confused. Um, people also want to know if your daughter, Maisie, can run routes and catch. Uh, they're asking in the chat. Maisie can catch. I, I can throw her football. She can catch. So that's a, I mean, it's a step up from the, uh, than what we see in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing about Tony that is driving me nuts is they just don't seem to want to use him as like an actual wide receiver. He's just gimmick guy. I, I for the life of me, like, look, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be the guy who's taking up for Kadarius Tony, okay? Because I, I think a lot of this stuff with him has been like wildly overrated since they traded for him. But Kadarius Tony is talent. Like, nobody could watch that kid and say, oh, he just doesn't have talent. He has talent. So the thing I, I I don't understand with them, I don't want this to come off mean. You're playing receivers in front of him who are very, very limited. So why aren't you just playing Tony then? Like, what is the downside of this? You know, and I, can, I already hear people, like, well, he doesn't run routes well. Really? I Well, I got to tell you, Sky Moore is not Steve Largent. So I'm fine with the higher upside guy. Like, get him the ball in space. Get him a bubble screen. I don't care. Like, that guy has the ability to make two guys miss and go 70 yards with it. He does. I mean, he's got that kind of herky-jerky ability. Like, try. I think they got all freaked out because of that disaster he had against the Lions, and they just benched him, which would make sense. If everybody else on the team wasn't also doing this all year long, like it's like he got penalized for that, which fine. He was terrible in that game, rightfully so. But then nobody else gets penalized for it. And then you get to hear all this stuff about, well, you know, there's, you know, they gotta, they gotta manage it. Why? He's 23 years old or whatever he is. Like he's not a, he's not a relic. And if something happens and it happens, that's football. That's what everybody on that team signed up for. You know, McKinnon, I get it. McKinnon's a different deal. He's older, trying to save him for the playoffs. I get it. Tony? I mean, did they did they give the Giants a third-round pick so Kadarius Tony could play two games a season? Like, what are we doing? I feel like it's a crazy, crazy way to approach it when 
you have absolutely no talent at receiver that matters outside of Rasheed Rice. I'm with you, man. Just put them out there. Find out what you got here. That you got a few games. Just throw them out there. Can't get any worse. It can't get any worse. It's impossible. And I and, mean, you could you could have those guys go out there and try to catch the ball at their elbows, and it wouldn't be worse. So give them a shot. Here's the thing. You and I are both at at that game, the opener against the Lions. Yep. And even though he dropped all those balls, he was open. Uh, yeah. He was only one getting open in that game. Um, so I don't know, man. I just I just don't think anything's gonna change though. I think we'll we'll be sitting here looking at the snap counts on Monday and Sky Moore will run 32 routes. Oh, there's no there's snap. no question. You know, Rasheed no Rice about 40. MVS and just they'll just keep rotating them in and out, and yep. it's just you know it's like a clown car pulling out onto the field. Listen, I've just started calling them wind sprint. You, yeah, that's what I mean. It is. It's just guys running wind sprints forty times a game. I mean, it's all it is. It's 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 comical. I mean, they they do nothing every game, and yet they just continue to be shoved out there. I mean, like they're all pros. I'll never understand. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, that that Packers game was disappointing. Yep. Do you think this defense is is, is still elite, um, or are teams, you know, there's there's ebbs and flows to an NFL season, right? Teams kind of figure out what you do well, then they start to attack you, then you have to make some adjustments. Sometimes teams catch you unawares. I thought the Packers had a great game plan against the Chiefs. They had a lot of misdirection. They wanted to keep the Chiefs off balance, and they wanted to run the ball. And I felt like they were the Chiefs were constantly scrambling when when the Chiefs can stop a team on first down from getting significant yardage. I think it's still curtains, and we saw that in the Packers game. But the Packers did a good job on first and second down, and it worked for them. Um, do you think the Chiefs will be able to adjust to how teams are starting to attack them? Yeah, because I think look, they've been they've been great this year, except for one quarter in the Raiders game, a half of football against the Chargers. And I would say – the, the first half against the Packers, the second half of the game, truthfully, they weren't that bad. I mean, look, sometimes you got to give credit. Like, Love's fourth and one throw. I swear to God, I don't even think he saw the receiver. He threw that ball. Up. When he threw that thing, everybody in our suite was like, oh, he's getting picked off. I mean, there are three Chiefs down there. Like that. And listen, sometimes you just got to go, hey, man, <laughs> hell of a play, right? I mean, you got to give credit. Um, I, I don't. You know, and and I mentioned and Stacy said it here, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. Like I mentioned earlier, when you lose tranquil, you lose the ability to communicate. It's a huge deal, especially on the road. Like I, I really do think they'll be buttoned up in this football game. And I also think it helps. Like you don't see the Packers a lot. You're not planning for the Packers. A lot. The Bills look like a divisional game at this point. I mean, you see them constantly. I do think that the Chiefs will play well defensively in this game. I mean, look, is there, a, is there a world down and just lights them up? Sure. But, I mean, they've played some damn good offenses this year and some great quarterbacks and some great receivers, and nobody's thrown for 300 yards on this team. And the only – do you know? does anybody off the top of their head here, does anybody know that there's one guy who's had 100 yards receiving against the Chiefs this year? You know who it was? Does anybody have any clue? I'd be curious to see. I'll give everybody a second here. It's, uh, it's not a superstar. They have shut guys down over and over and over and over and over. So to me, like if the Bills are going to win this game, it's not going to be Diggs going nuts. It's going to have to be Kincaid. It's going to have to be. It's going to be the run game. Some of Davis. Um, that to me is how they have to do it. And yeah, so Josh Palmer. Josh yeah. Palmer is the only guy with 100 yards against them this year. So like, listen. I mean, I you know I expect they've had. 12, body, 12 games is a body of work. The defense has been awesome. I would expect that that's going to continue. I should hope so. Um, I, I agree with you. I think they'll be okay. Um, good game plan by the Packers. No defense yep. is just completely dominant, soup to nuts all season long. Teams are going to get you. It's the NFL for goodness sake. Um, but the talent's there, and boy, yep. they need them. They're going to need them in this one. Okay, so who needs to step up on the offensive side of the ball for the Chiefs to win this one? Who's the hero that we both deserve and need in this game? Oh, God. Um, uh, all right, so I'm going to couch this. Is Pacheco playing? I mean, right now he's DNP. So I'm going to say no. All right. You know what I'm going to say? You know what I'm going to say? <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Oh, man. 
they're not going to win this game if they can't run the ball. They don't have to run it great. They don't have to run it for 150 yards or anything like that, but like, he's got to be able to get it done. I mean, that that's, and, and I agree with Jeremy just, I was just going to say that. This is also a game. Mahomes has just got to be who he is. Like, they need him to, he's, they need him to be the best player on the field the same way the Bills need Allen to be the best player on the field. Like, Bills fans, Chiefs fans, all of them got all the bravado in the world. It's all BS. The quarterbacks in this game need to be their team's best player. And if they're not either one of them, they're done losing. Like, that's what's coming down to in this game. But I think other than them, like, Clyde Edwards Alaire, man, like, got to have it. Got it. Don't be great. Don't be great. I don't need you to rush for 100 plus. Like, you got to be serviceable. You got to be able to at least get some yardage. Yeah. I, I, for me, it's Mahomes. Um, and it's, and, and this is, I think this is a game where he needs to run. He, and he needs to be decisive. If it's not there or he doesn't see it, just take off. Don't get himself hurt. But I think if he outrushes Allen in this game, they win. And he's he's gotten up for these Bills games. He's shown his ability to run the ball against the Bills. And that's when that's part of the reason why sometimes they're good on third down because he can move. He knows what just happened to them in Green Bay. He doesn't want to lose two in a row. It could be an over-my-dead-body game. For, for Mahomes in this one. And I think that that's what they're going to need because I'm just not confident the guys are going to get open down the field. And so he might have to stretch some things out running the football. I think he's, and he's got to not make the mistake. He can't throw the pick in this game. I agree. I agree. I've, I've also seen a whole lot of uh, stuff in the chat about Gabe Davis. I'd calm down about Gabe Davis. Like I, Gabe Davis is basically Rasheed Rice's year production wise. And he's had 67 targets. Um, not saying he's not a decent player, but like if, if this game comes down to like the Bills needing Gabe Davis to just save their bacon over and over and over and over, it's probably not a good thing. Okay. I mean, I I, I would think that look, if, if I'm looking at it from a Bills perspective, they need to run the football in this game. Whether it's Allen running around, okay, whether it's Cook, who's had a nice year, very nice year. Um, that to me has got to be part of the game. Like Valen's got to throw this ball 40 times. They got a problem. Because the Bills, one thing in this game is as talented as they are. I think this has got to be a, 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 a running the ball game, a Kincaid game. If this comes down to Allen has to constantly throw the ball against McDuffie and Sneed, if I'm the Chiefs, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I, I have no problem with that. Like if I'm if I'm the Chiefs and it's coming down to, hey, Trent McDuffie. And Lajarius Need are going to be huge factors. Okay, I mean, I feel fine with that. Now, look, and I and I get it. By the way, with Davis, like he's had a career of like killing the Chiefs. Last year, he had seventy four yards, which is a good game. It's not an outrageous game. He has a good game. The year prior to that, uh, in the regular season, he had one catch for sixteen yards. Okay, and the his rookie year when they played the Chiefs, he had three targets for zero yards, and he had one catch for seven yards. So he's had, in his career against the Chiefs, he had that all-time playoff game, which kudos, I mean, unbelievable. Like, God bless him, man. One of the greatest games you'll ever see. Diggs did nothing in that game, but Davis went out of his mind. Other than that, he had a 74-yard performance, and then in the other, what what I mentioned, three or four games, he did absolutely nothing. So it's not as though Davis has just cooked him every single time you've seen him. He's, he's in like six appearances, he's been good twice, or five appearances. He's been unbelievable once, good once. And then a complete huddle ornament the other three games. So we'll see. I think it's going to be a lot of having to run the ball. I think it's going to be a lot of Kincaid. Uh, and then, of course, yes, mixing in Davis and Diggs and whatnot. But I don't think you're just going to throw the ball to them 12 times each. I don't think that's a good way to win the game for Buffalo. Who's the key Chiefs defender in this one? Sneed. Sneed. But um, because I think if he can – you know he's going to go against Diggs. And if he can do what he's done to every other elite receiver this year and he shuts him down – uh, and by shut down, I don't mean like shut him out. I you know, hold him to 50 yards, whatever, something like that. If he does that, I think that McDuffie, look, McDuffie, regardless of which fandom you're part of for this game, I think it's pretty inarguable. McDuffie's a lot better as a corner than Davis is a receiver. Like, that's a matchup the Chiefs are going to feel pretty good about, even with the size disparity. Um, Gay is excellent in coverage. They can also go three, you know, three safeties. Although without Cook, obviously you're going to do that less. But they, they could still do some of that with Shamari Connor. 
um, to try to help the backs and Kincaid. But I think if Sneed takes Diggs to a, to a large extent out of the football game, as he has with so many others, I think then it becomes a much harder game for the Bills where all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, now like this guy that is, you know, he's great. I mean, he you know, likes people of all time. If he's kind of taken out of the game, the Chiefs love the second matchup. Don't forget last year, the Chiefs played him. They did not have McDuffie and they did not have fully gained that game. Yeah. Okay, that is a big difference. So I, I do think that it, you know, the Chiefs can match up a little bit more than they did in the past. All right, we're going to get to our final score predictions in just a moment. So stick around. We'll want to hear yours. And of course, you want to hear ours for, for Bill's Chiefs. Before we go, though, Patty's power rankings. I got a good one here for you, Verderam. Top three breakfast dishes. Are you a breakfast guy? No, I never eat breakfast, but I do like it when I have it. Uh, I'll go, uh, first of all, it's just really a dish, but like a good ham, egg, and cheese, like a real one, not like not like bullshit Dunkin' Donuts, like a real ham, egg, and cheese. That's number one. Number two, uh, I like a good breakfast casserole. Like, mm. you know, I go to number two there. And then, man, I- I'm a big, like, I know this is kind of like whatever. Go to IHOP, get some pancakes. You know, like chocolate chip pancakes, not the chocolate chocolate chip pancakes, the buttermilk chocolate chip pancakes with the yeah. old fashioned maple syrup. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Short sack. I'm with you. Um, okay. So for me, three, uh, I like a little sweet breakfast every once in a while. I'm mostly a savory guy. I got to go French toast. I know people love the waffles, they love the pancakes. I'm a huge French toast guy. Absolutely love it. Uh, number two, uh, they didn't have like I didn't see a lot of these when I lived in New York or or Ohio, but when I came to Chicago, skillets are a big thing here, where they just throw like hash browns and eggs and bacon and a bunch of stuff in, into a into a skillet and mix it all up. I get those all the time; they're fantastic. Throw some hot sauce on there, um, and then number one for me, it's got to be the sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin at McDonald's. I love There's that. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it is. The way they melt the cheese on there, they get that, uh, they get the, um, the the English muffin just toasted just perfectly. Oh, a- absolutely fantastic. I got my dad for Christmas one year, a, mach- a machine that makes those basically. Um, yeah, it was the best gift I probably ever got, to be honest with you. Hey, hey, I, I hear that. By the way, we haven't even mentioned this and we don't have to like whatever we got, we got to get out of here, but, um, the Bills, I, I got to tell you, for a team coming off a bye week, like normally that's kind of like the easiest week, like everything's kind of settled. You've been following what's going on right now in Buffalo with McDermott? I haven't, no. Uh, so Ty Dunn, who's an excellent uh, writer, reporter, journalist, spoke to 25, I, I believe he worded it, 25 different conversations, wrote this like three-part piece on why McDermott's a problem in Buffalo. And some of that included that, like, in 2019, up at St. John's Fisher College, where they have training camp in New York, um, McDermott was speaking to the team, and he was like, look, like, and I'm paraphrasing this, so please don't take it verbatim, but, like, he was like, we need to, you know, work together. We got to, you know, as a football team, we got to work as a unit. And his example of that was how the terrorists came together on 9-11 to take down the Twin Towers. And he was like, see how like they work together and they worked as a unit? Like, that's an example of how we need to work together. It's not great. And so he had to come out at a press conference during this podcast, or maybe right before it, and basically was like, Yeah, that happened. And I immediately apologized because that probably wasn't the best choice of words. And it it, it is like I've seen excerpts from this this piece. Not great. Like, not really the way you want to be going into Kansas City when you're dealing with everything that's been going on with Von Miller and that ugliness. You've got now McDermott talking about, sorry for saying we should play like the terrorists of 9-11. Not, not great. Like not, not how you want to be preparing for the biggest game of your season. Wow. It's not good. I'm taken aback. Yeah, man. Like, what? <laughs> I read it like five times this morning. It's like, what is happening? Uh, by the way, Joseph just pointed out we both just talked about our favorite breakfast foods, and neither one of us said Count Chocula. Well, I, I look at that as an anytime food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got one bowl left. By the way, it's going to oh, be a sad day. Long gone. I yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Let's get into our final score for predi- predictions for this one. Um. Let us know in the chat how you think this one's going to play out. Final score: Chiefs Bills. Verderam, why don't you kick us off? 
I, I, I got to be honest. I've said it the whole podcast. I have no idea what to expect out of this game. I think anything's on the table. And whenever I feel that way, I have one rule. Who's the best coach? Who's the best quarterback? So I'll take the Chiefs with a 55-yard field goal at the gun by Butker. 23-21 Kansas City. But I, you could tell me anything happens in this game. I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, we got some good ones in the chat. Jeremy says 24-20 Bills. Brian, 27-24 Chiefs. Uh, Stacy 24-21 Chiefs. Johnny, 30 to 17 Buffalo. Ra- uh, Warp says 24 to 17 Buffalo. People picking Buffalo, Sean, uh, 35 21. I haven't picked against the Chiefs all year. And uh, I always say I'm not going to pick against them until they give me a reason to pick against them. And then I'm not going to pick them until they give me a reason to pick them. And I'm going to pick against them for the first time this year. I don't want to do it. I hate it. Uh, but I got Bills 28, Chiefs 21. The Chiefs are capable of beating Buffalo. I think they're even better than Buffalo. And they're at Arrowhead, and I agree with everything you said. Better coach, better quarterback, all that stuff. Hall of Fame tight end. But you know what? Buffalo is absolutely desperate. It's true. They're coming off a bye, right, as well? Yeah. So they've worked some things out. They're going to have some new stuff for Kansas City. The Chiefs might be starting a rookie third-round pick at left tackle. Pacheco might be hurt. McKinnon's got a groin. There's a lot of reasons not to like the Chiefs in this game outside yep. of how they've been playing. They've got to show me something. And I hope they come out and they do it. But right now, based on losing to Jordan Love, he's playing better. God bless him. I'm happy for him. Chiefs should have won that game. They got outplayed. They didn't just lose. They got outplayed. I think Did Buffalo it? outplays them in this one um, if they don't pick it up. Hey, all that's fair. I just... This team, this era of this team, I feel like every time they're in a spot like this, and every time we're all like, I don't know, I don't know, like that's usually when the tiger comes out. Like it's it always seems like when they're up against the wall, they that's when you're like, Oh my god, like what the hell? Like, where did that all come from? I you know, so we'll see. I don't know. I honestly though, like my gut. My gut says I think the Bills win because they're desperate. They're off the bye. But my actual, my head, my analyst, the analyst part just says I just think the Chiefs are better and they're at home. And I just, I think the Bills have a lot of the same problems the Chiefs do. They turn the ball over. They make a lot of easy mistakes. And I, I think that's easy to just kind of dismiss when it's not your team. But the Bills at all time, they play the second easiest schedule in football and they're six and six. Like, at some point, you are who you are, too, not just Kansas City. I think the Chiefs will just find a way. I think there's going to be one of these games on Sunday night we're sitting here like, of course that's how that played out. You know, of course so-and-so stepped up in a way you could, you can't believe. Like, seems to be the way they are. And you have to wonder, you know, is this a rock-bottom game for the Chiefs? Where, you know, they they hopefully it, last, it was last week against the Packers. I think the first five minutes of this game for both of these teams – is huge. If that Chiefs defense comes out and plays like they were playing against Philly early in that game, yeah. I think Buffalo could crumble. If Buffalo comes out with a bunch of new stuff and they 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 can win the toss and they take the ball and go right down the field and the Chiefs go three and out and Buffalo goes right down the field again, it could get it could get ugly. It could be. I will say this though. I think the Chiefs defense like look to, to, to just completely lose faith because they had like a bad couple of quarters against Green Bay. I think it's nuts. Like yeah. that team that defense has been lights out all year long. I, I'm not losing faith because of one game. I mean, I just I think that's insane. Like that, if Buffalo boat races them, hey, all the credit in the world to them. All the credit in the world to them. They got talent. They got a ton of talent. The Bills also have struggled all year long in a lot of these games. And you could say, well, it's all, you know, it's because of the turnover. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, that's part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, that's like a Chiefs fan being like, well, if it wasn't for all those drops, well, guess what? That, that that's the problem. Otherwise, you'd be eleven and one right now. Yeah, you're not. There's a reason. The Chiefs are who they are. The Bills are who they are. And there's one of them that's eight and four, and the other one's six and six. And there's a reason. Yeah. So I'll take the eight and four team. Uh, a great quote to leave us with. Lucas says, "Chiefs twenty six twenty four. That's hilarious. This is like a playoff game for the Bills, and the Chiefs always beat Buffalo in playoff games. Can't argue with that. Hope you're right, my friend. Uh, thank you to Matt Verderam for 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 joining us here uh, for this one. Uh, shout out to producer Richard, who's been a little under the weather, still making the stream go. Shout out to all of our members who, again, will be featured. They don't even know it yet, but 
check the Discord. You'll be featured next week on the members show. We're really looking forward to that on Thursday. So get your questions ready. Um, and thank you to all of you who've been watching this stream, hitting the like button, supporting us. Appreciate y'all. We will see you on Sunday. We're regularly scheduled pregame, halftime, and postgame show. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.